Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. God is good. What? God is good and we love him. We're thankful that, we, that he loves us, but we don't say it enough that we love him, you know. I mean, he's expressed his love to us uh, by, I mean, just by everything, by, by, by us getting up in the morning, by us, uh, or rather by him uh, sending his son, Christ Jesus, the greatest sacrifice that was ever made, him proving his love to us, but we honestly just don't say it quite enough in an open setting, expressing our love to him. So Lord, we love you. Father, we give you thanks for your goodness, for your mercy, Lord God. God, we want to openly express our love to you, Lord. Let us not just do it. Let us be mindful to do it in an open setting, in the public, where people can see our love expressed to you, Lord. And we honor you and bless you in the name of your son, Christ Jesus. Father, I ask you to, well, I know you're going to be with me as I speak today. So I thank you for that. And God, give me just clarity of mind. God, that I may speak your word and glorify your holy name. And God, that's what it's all about. You being glorified, Lord. Not me, but you being glorified. And your people being edified as your word is spoken. So, Father, we prepare our hearts before you, Lord God. God, that we may honor you and glorify you. And we ask this, Father, in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Larissa called me this morning and asked me for a title for my message. I said, girl, I hadn't even thought about no title. (laughs) I know Vic comes up with all these catchy titles and stuff, and oh well. So So I I told her, we we hashed it around a little bit. I said, okay, how about um, communion lost, communion gained? Because what I want to talk about is um, like the creation of mankind, how, um, how man had uh, communion with God, how he had fellowship with God in the garden, and how he came to lose that fellowship with God. And how, how when Christ came... Christ restored that fellowship with the Father, restored that fellowship for man with the Father. So our first scripture we will go to will be Genesis uh, 126, and that's pretty much in the beginning of all, all of this. I, didn't, I forgot to bring my glasses uh, today, so just <laughs> the light is nice, so I can just see without having my glasses with me. Hallelujah. 
Genesis 1, 26, the creation of man, it said, and then God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and all the creeping things that are on the earth. So in the beginning, the Lord gave man uh, the, the uh, dominion, and he had pretty much rule over everything. It was not just Adam and Eve, but it was all of their seed that would come after them. They were to rule the earth, replenish the earth, subdue the earth. And in um, Genesis 2, Genesis 2, verses 7, Then God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Now all the other animals were uh, formed, the Lord formed them out of the dust of the ground as well. But the difference is God breathed into man the breath of life. He didn't, it's not recorded that he breathed into the animals the breath of life, but he breathed into man the breath of life. That life that came from God himself was breathed into mankind. That gives us a special relationship with God himself, our creator, not just the former of our bodies from the dust of the ground, but the very spirit that is in us is from the living God. And so that is the reason when we lost fellowship, communion with God, he sought so to restore that fellowship because that was a part of him. He, we were not only made in his image, but the breath that came from God gave us life. And so, hallelujah. In Genesis 2.19, I think I'm gonna, it's going to be uh, repeating about the same thing. Um, now out of the ground, uh, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird uh, of the heavens and brought them to the man to be named. Same. Out of the, out of the dust of the ground, the, uh, the Lord formed all of the beasts, like I said, it was, they were just not, um, the, the breath of life was just not breathed into them. The first commandment that the Lord gave, the Genesis uh, 2.15. Then God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So that is the first commandment that God gave to mankind. 
this is what you can do, this is what you cannot do. Now, what was the first thing that man did? Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was, Lord help us, we're the same way today. But, and that is where sin entered into the world. And what, what is sin? Sin is the breaking of the commandment of God. I mean, broken down to its uh, least common denominator. I remember when I was in, in elementary school, probably about the fourth or fifth grade, our teacher, when she was, would be teaching us, teaching us arithmetic. Now, it wasn't called math back then. Of course, this was more years ago than I can remember. <laughs> but she was ta taught us arithmetic, and when we were doing fractions and stuff, she taught us, break it down to your least common denominator. This is sin broken down to its least common denominator. The disobedience to the command of God. The commandment disobeyed. I got a number of subtopics that I'm working from here. Commandment disobeyed, uh, Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any of the trees of the garden? He's, he's putting doubt in her mind already. Did God actually tell you that? Really? But the um, woman said to the serpent, or the uh, serpent, yeah. Serpent says, woman said to the serpent, we, we uh, shall are able to eat of all of the trees of the garden except the tree that is in the midst of the garden here. We shall not eat of it, neither shall we touch it. And the serpent told her, you will not surely die. Little did they know that the death that God was talking about was not just the cessation of life, but it was that breaking of fellowship with him the disobedience of the command, the separation of God from them. That is the death that God was talking about. Now, we don't really, uh, it doesn't really say um, how long since the, after uh, man had been created that he disobeyed God. We don't really know that, but the point is that he did disobey God, and there at that time his days pretty much were set that he should come to an end. And what was it? Adam, lived, Adam did live, um, after his creation, he lived 930 years, and he died. It doesn't mention anything about how long Eve lived, but Adam was 930 uh, years, and Adam passed on. 
and uh, death entered into the, uh, sin entered into the world actually, and that death entered in because of sin. Let me go on further with this here. Find my place. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, I can appreciate that because doing bonsai, I, I love trees, okay? <laughs> and a lot of times, well, I won't even get into that. <laughs> and that the tree was to be, to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit, she took of its fruit and ate and she gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked. Bam, revelation to them. They saw that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths. I'll go on a little bit further with that. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day, in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of your voice in the garden And I was afraid because I was naked. A lot of times when we commit sin, that is, that is what comes upon us. Fear. We have fear from God because we know we've broken his commandment. We know we have blown it. And the first thing we want to do is isolate ourselves. Hide ourselves, not only from his presence, but a lot of times we isolate ourselves even from other people, from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because we, like I said, we have, we have just messed up. Here's a, here's a question that I really uh, like. What the, um, the Lord uh, told the man, or told them, he says, when uh, Adam said, we, we hid ourselves because we were naked, the Lord says, okay, so who told you you were naked? You know, how do you know this? <laughs> Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? I mean, busted, totally busted. And he had questioned Adam about that, and Adam said um, to the Lord God, he says, the woman you have, uh, you, that you gave to be with me, uh, she gave me the fruit and I ate it. And then the woman to defend herself, the serpent beguiled me, he tricked me, he fooled me, he deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord puts a curse on the, uh, on the serpent, and on the woman, he, he, uh, he tells her, I, would pull, I will put enmity between the woman and between 
you're speaking to the serpent. I would put enmity between uh, the seed of the woman and between your seed, and he will crush your head, but you will bruise his heel. The first, pretty much the first messianic uh, prophecy, God speaking to, um, speaking to the serpent, actually. He was speaking to the serpent when he said that. But that was God's first revealing to them of a salvation that was to come. I have all these notes written down here, and <laughs> some, sometimes I confuse myself with them. <laughs> Was that? Hallelujah. <laughs> but he told the servant that he would put enmity between him and the woman. Enmity is just a, we don't really use that word too much. I mean, not in the circles I run around in. But uh, enmity pretty much is just hostility. He's going to put hostility between the, uh, the serpent and between the seed of the woman. And anywhere where there is, are the people of God, there is righteousness. And the, the I would say evil people, but people I would say who do not know God. When we begin to speak of the things of righteousness, there is going to be a hostility. Between, between righteousness and between darkness because right, righteousness and darkness, the light and darkness are separated and they are not going to mix. In, in, um, in uh, John, it says, talks about uh, the uh, light overcoming the darkness. The darkness was not able to stand up against it. But I'll get back to my notes here. <clears throat> A promise of the uh, the promise of the uh, Messiah coming. We'll go to Isaiah nine, verse six. I, I love this one. I don't know who else sticks pictures in their Bible, but <laughs> I stick a lot of pictures in my Bible. <laughs> Nice, Mark. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I, I guess I'm. I'm guess I'm doing okay then. If 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 Mark's got a picture in his Bible, I got him in my. Hey, we, I'm good then. Hallelujah. <laughs> I can continue preaching now. <laughs> Isaiah nine, six and seven. See if I'm the right scripture. Am I in Isaiah nine? Okay. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I, maybe I wrote that down because it's not saying here what I wanted to say. But anyway, uh, the scripture I'm going for is unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his he shall be called the Wonderful Counselor. Indicative of the Holy Spirit, mighty God, everlasting Father. Jesus says, I and my Father are one. 
Prince of Peace. Christ Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That is the fullness of the Godhead right there, prophesied hundreds of years before the actual coming of the Messiah. God would God is God in Christ the man. Now Jesus was around way before he became Jesus here on earth. The the the, the uh, form of man here on earth. Jesus is God throughout all eternity, by whom the Father created all things and for whom the Father created all things. So Jesus did not just come to be what some 2,000 years ago, the Son of God by all means, but being very God himself by all means. And you know, when people try to figure that out with the natural mind, they can't do it. It is just not able to be done. Um, <clears throat> our brains are what, like two pounds, 32 ounces. Uh, even, and I've heard that we use a very small percent of our uh, brain power. Say if we use 10% of our brain power, that's 3.2 ounces. How can 3.2 ounces of gray matter figure out and fathom the one who is outside of eternity. You know? Mine certainly can't. <laughs> Mine certainly can't. But people try to do that all the time, you know. Um, but I, I, am, I am thankful. If God is one that we could figure out, he wouldn't be much of a God, you know. We, we really can't figure out all of the workings of his creation. How are we going to figure out him? <clears throat> I watch a lot of, uh, I, I love, uh, um, not National Geographics, but just nature movies. I, I love that. And I, I will look at a lot of those things and I will see the interactions just between the species of creation, creatures here on the earth. And I'm thinking, how can anyone deny God? How can anyone say that all of this just evolved however many, many billion years ago? It, it just can't be done. It is impossible. I heard people say it, would take, it takes more faith to not believe in God than it does to actually believe in him. Just a small thing that I uh, was watching on uh, one of the nature channels, the fig trees. And the fig tree produces its fruit, and the flower is inside of the fruit. The flower never blooms outside, but the flower uh, is inside the fruit, and it takes a little wasp to uh, put, to uh, stick its probos proboscis or whatever that's called in the, in the, in the, uh, the fig, and the little wasps hatch inside of the fruit and they pollinate from within and they actually uh, breed from within and, and, and the eggs hatch and they break their way out of the, uh, the uh, fig and they mature and they go and find other um, uh, figs to lay their, lay their eggs in. I mean, that, that is the, the relationship between a plant and uh, a, a tree and 
a bug. <laughs> no. I mean, what wisdom, what, what, what knowledge, what understanding. I mean, it doesn't take, evolution can't, evolution. Evolution, evolution does not produce something like that. That is perfection. That is perfection. So God is amazing in all of his creation. And the, the, the stories that God creation tells is, is his story in action. In the Old Testament, uh, they, uh, the Lord called for uh, Israel to make sacrifices of uh, sheep and goats and cattle to uh, cover the sins of men. And all through the Old Testament until the time of, uh, until the time of Christ, and I heard somewhere until, until 70 AD when the city was destroyed, Jerusalem was destroyed, that the animal sacrifices continued. John, uh, was it John? One of the uh, writers of the Gospels wrote uh, where, uh, yeah, it, John the Baptist, he saw Jesus walking uh, on the banks of the Jordan, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God had revealed to John, the Father had revealed to John that he was sending one, he was sending the Messiah that would end all of the animal sacrifices because this one was going to be the perfect lamb that was, would be sent down from heaven and he sacrificing his own life, shedding his own blood, that would replace all the animal sacrifices. This was the unblemished, sinless lamb of God that he was sending. When they were told, when the Israel was told to... Um, Pick out a lamb or any animal for sacrifice. They checked that animal over, and if it had anything wrong with it, any faults, any sores, whatever could go wrong in an animal's life, a lame, broken leg, or whatever, that one was disqualified for being a sacrifice. They just picked a perfect animal. Christ had to be perfect in all of his ways. I, uh, a friend of mine, we were talking one time and, and I was uh, saying how Christ was tempted at all points, yet without sin. And he was saying, no, Jesus had to have sinned because he was human. I said, but he was God. He was, he, he, he could not sin. Tempted on all points like we are, but without sin. And he had to be perfect in order for him to sacrifice his blood and take that blood up to heaven and offer it on the altar of God, that it would be acceptable to God, to the Father, for the, not just the covering of our sins, but the washing away of our sins. Death came into the world through one man. Life came into the world through another man. In Romans 5, 17, 18, 19. You know, I've learned to take my time up here. Not that I preach that often, but um, I, will, I will see other preachers just, I always thought, I need to rush through it. And, but just take, <laughs> take my time and flick through the word and find the scripture without feeling that I'm falling apart. 
So bear with me here. Romans 5. Okay, why am I in Romans 15? All right. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned, reigned through that one man, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in, in life through one man, Christ Jesus. Death reigned uh, through the earth because of the sin of Adam. And so since, since man, uh, it was through man that the fellowship with God, the communion with God was broken, it had to be through another man that that was, was restored. And so in Christ Jesus, our fellowship, when God became a man, he restored that fellowship uh, between God and man. The communion, this is the restoration of, of that fellowship with man, of that communion with God. Matthew 26, 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread. After blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took, and he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink all of it, all of you. For this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you that I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I am really, I wrote this down, that, that last song that we sang. Uh, thank you for, thank you for breaking the bread of your body. When I, when I, I saw that, we were singing that, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm going to have to mention that because that was good. That just, for me, that just ties it up so well. Thank you for the breaking of the bread of your body, spilling the wine of your blood. That was amazing. I, I, I love that. I love that. So what I wanted to do here was um, that we all come together and take communion after the um, message today. <clears throat> communion is something we, Christ restored our fellowship with the Lord and our communion is in his, in his blood. So we will, uh, the word says, examine yourselves. Make sure that you are, you are right. It's not so much that you have to be qualified because Christ himself qualified us. But we examine ourselves. We make sure that there is no hidden sin that we are concealing. But the Lord says, confess, with your, um, confess your sins to God. And he will be faithful and just to forgive your sin and to purge you from all unrighteousness. So everybody now just, ex I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what's in your heart, Matt. Daniel, I don't know what's in your heart. But you do. You don't know what's in my heart. Right now, since I'm preaching, I'm doing all right, but we'll see what's going to happen this evening. <laughs> Walking, 
it is we are, we are, we we are to walk in righteousness or make a make an in, an intentions in intentious ever uh, endeavor to walk in righteousness at all times you know you know we never know what is going to happen we don't know when the end of our days is going to come you know sometimes people just drop at the snap of a finger and they're gone what is in that person's heart you know and I'm not, I'm not saying that if a person's thinking something really wacky that, you know, uh, they're going to go to hell or nothing like that. But for myself, I would rather when the Lord takes me, I want to be doing good. You know, I want to be doing good. So we examine ourselves before God, before we take communion and make sure that, Lord, everything is right with you. Everything is well with my soul. My mind is clean. You know, I have no anger against anybody. I have no uh, enmity with anybody, no hostility with anybody. So, Father, I want to pray. Father, I just come to you in the name of your son, Christ Jesus, Lord. And all of us are in this, Father, that we examine our hearts before you. Lord, if there is any sin in us, if there is any iniquity in us, Lord, purge us, cleanse our hearts, God, as we come before you with open hearts, Lord, and confess our sin, Lord God. And thank you for your word that you would be faithful and just to forgive our sins and to purge us from all unrighteousness. So, Lord God, we lift up your name and we come to you clean and pure holy your children because you have made us so by the blood of your son Christ Jesus father we give you thanks in the name of your son Christ Jesus amen thank you for joining us today please make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you'd like more information about our church please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com thanks again for listening and may God bless you today